Grab your Bibles. Go with me to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5. And we're going to jump in the Word, believing the Lord to speak to us today. And gonna going to go to a very familiar passage, I believe. But the Holy Spirit's been dealing with me over the last couple of days, yesterday especially, on just a revival of faith. Revival of faith. You know, the Bible tells us that God is the same yesterday, today, and what? Forever. So he hasn't changed, right? So he's still a miracle working God. He's still a God of the breakthrough. He's still a delivering God, a saving God, a redeeming God, a Holy Ghost baptizing God. Come on, he's, he's still the same, amen? The problem is we've changed. The problem is our faith is not where it should be. And I'm asking the Lord for a revival of faith today to stir us up, amen? And so I want us to look here at this passage of Scripture, Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. If you're there, shout amen. All right. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a drought. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both, both the ships so that they began to sink. How many of you, <laughs> anybody love to fish in this place? <laughs> Ooh, how many of you, I don't know that I necessarily want to be out in the middle of the lake. Lest Jesus is physically, I can see him in my boat. I don't want so many fish except the, that the boat starts to sink. But this is where they were at. The boat began to fill up so much with fish that they began to sink. And when, when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished. And all that were with him at the draught of fishes which they had taken. And so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. I want you to go back with me to verse 4. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drought. Let down your nets. For the next couple of hours this morning, we're going to talk about letting down your net. I just scared some of our guests in here. <laughs> let down your net. Turn to somebody, tell them, let down your net. 
Let down your net. That's what we're relieving. The Holy Spirit's going to enable us to do today. And we're going to leave different than we walked in. Let's ask him to come help us. Jesus, we love you. We thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being in this place, gathering together with brothers and sisters of like precious faith. And, Lord, as we stand here looking to your word, we ask you for revelation to come. Lord, revelation that will change us. Revelation that will draw us into your presence. Revelation that comes only by the Holy Ghost. I ask you, Almighty God, for the unction of your Spirit right here, right now. I pray, God, that you'll send a revival to this place. Send a revival to hearts and to lives today. Send a revival in this place that we as men and women, young men, young ladies, we will let our nets down in faith, believing and knowing that you are about to work and move. No matter what's happened the night before, it's a new day and you desire to do great and marvelous things in our midst. You've not changed. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we ask you, Almighty God, to show up in this place in power. Show up in this place with an anointing that will destroy every yoke of bondage. God, move here and now. Let us leave different than we walked in this place. Please come, Lord. Have mercy on us today. Pour your Holy Spirit out. Strengthen us here and now. And we'll give you praise for it. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Before you're seated, high five two or three folks. Tell them, let down your net. Let down your net. Amen. Praise the Lord. I want you to stay with me here in Luke chapter 5. As we look at this just incredible story of faith. This incredible story of trusting the Lord, especially when it just doesn't make sense. Any of you ever been there? A story of believing the Lord knows what you don't know. How many of you believe that? A story of learning that if you'll do the unthinkable, you will receive the unthinkable. It's a story of overflow, a story of superabundance, a story of divine providence, a story that takes you from empty nets to full boats. In verse number one, we find the people of Galilee They hungered for the Word of God. I pray we'll experience that in these last days like never before, that there will be a true revival of the hunger of the Word of God. I believe today that true revival is marked by a genuine hunger for the the Word of God in the hearts of people. As we look at verse number 2, we find that Jesus looked and he saw two ships Two ships that were there, the Bible says that the two ships were standing by the lake, meaning that they were docked there by the lake. Possibly they were resting on the shore. And here in this passage, it's called the Lake of Gennesaret. And Gennesaret actually is defined as, as I believe, violin, which is more or less they're talking about the shape of the lake. But in all actuality, this was, actu- this was the Sea of Galilee. 
And so there these boats were resting on the shore of the Sea of Galilee and there was nobody in the boats. These were fishing boats and obviously as Jesus looked, he knew whose boats that they were, but the fishermen were gone and they were washing their nets and preparing their nets for fishing later in the night. They were clearing them of, of the debris and the things that would collect in the nets as they would cast them and preparing for going fishing later that evening. In verse number three, look with me now. Jesus entered into Simon's boat and he asked Simon, he said, push off just a little bit from the shore. And using the waters of the Sea of Galilee between the boat and the shore to reflect his voice, he was able to teach a large crowd of people that had gathered there on the shore to hear the word of the Lord. How many of you know today that things change when Jesus gets in your boat? Anybody want Jesus to climb up in your boat today? Amen. Things change when the word of God is spoken from your boat and echo across the waters of your life. Things begin to change. In verse number four, we find that when Jesus was finished teaching, he, he turns to Simon and says, launch out into the deep and let down your net for a drought. Verse 5, Simon answers Jesus, and I want you to look there with me. Simon answered and said unto him, Master. It's important to recognize that because Simon, who we know was Simon Peter, was recognizing the authority of Jesus. He was recognizing him in his divinity and saying, Master, signifying that of surrender to the authority of Jesus. He said, We have toiled. That's not a word we use a lot, but the word there in Hebrew, it actually is talking about laboring. It's working hard with literally a, a wearing down effect, working hard with uh, until the point of fatigue. He's saying we have toiled in this. We have labored. We've worked hard. We've tried. We've done our best. We've done everything we knew to do. We were out there not for just an hour and gave up. No, we were out there, the Bible says, he said, all night long we toiled and we labored. And he said unto Jesus, we have taken nothing. They had nothing to show for all of their efforts they have nothing to show for all of their labor. They came back empty-handed. But then Peter says one word, and I want you to look there. It's the word nevertheless. Verse 5, it follows the, 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 the colon there, and it says nevertheless. Would you just say that word for just a moment, nevertheless? It's probably the first time you've said that word in a long time. But the word nevertheless literally means but. It means in spite of that. It's one word, 12 letters, and, and it seems like something we could pass over, but it is a point of transition in the heart of Peter. Because Peter in the natural was standing there, he's hearing the words of the Lord saying, launch out into the deep and let your net down. And in Peter's mind in the natural had to have been the thoughts, we've already been fishing all night long. The fish, they're not there. We've cast the net and we've brought up nothing in the natural. 
He's thinking this and he speaks just those words. We've toiled all night. We've caught nothing. You know what that is? That's facts. We've toiled all night. We've labored and we've come up empty handed. But there's a transition here that God wants to bring many of you to today that are in the, the heat of the battle, the thick of the struggle, the dark of the night, the, the rains and thunder and lightning of the storm. And it is a nevertheless moment where you'll come to a place of saying, nevertheless, at your word, I will do what you've told me to do. Nevertheless, at thy word. Now what's interesting here is I believe something had happened in Peter's life. I want you to go back, back with me to Luke chapter number 4. I want you to look there. In chapter 4 in verse 36 the Bible says that they had responded because he had rebuked a storm and, and we find here, he, now he was delivering a, a, a man of a devil. And here he says in verse 36, or they are saying, they were all amazed and spake among themselves saying, what word is this? For with authority and power he commanded the unclean spirits and they come out. They knew there's authority in his word. Today the doctor might say something into your life that is negative and will bring fear. But how many of you know today the doctor doesn't have the last say? I said that mm, the doctor does not have, Shelby would you amen me? The doctor does not have the last say. Nevertheless at thy word I will let down my net. I will obey your word in faith. In verse number six, we find after they let down their nets, something happened. These soon-to-be disciples obeyed the word of the Lord where he said, let down your net. And they did it even in a moment and in a time that it did not make sense to them in the natural. Here they were on this Sea of Galilee. This Sea of Galilee, if you can imagine it, was seven miles wide. And it was, I don't know how far it is from here. It's about a little over seven miles from here to prosperity, I believe. But imagine that, right about from here to, how many of you know where prosperity is. All right. From here to Westfield, somewhere along that line, it's about seven miles and it, it was 13 miles long. It's about that from here to, to the Funiac Springs. So you can imagine it's seven miles wide, 13 miles long and, and in, in some places it was close to 150 feet deep. So he was telling them go and launch out into the Sea of Galilee. It was a freshwater lake. It was the, it was the largest, it is the largest freshwater lake in the land of Israel. And these fishermen, they knew what they were doing. They knew the best times to fish on the Sea of Galilee. And they knew it was majority of the time it was at night. And it wasn't just at night, but it was in the shallows when those fish would come up. And they would begin to eat on the, the things that would be on the surface of the water. And it would be at those moments, either, either at night or, or first thing early in the morning as the sun would break or late in the evening when the sun would be setting and they would go. After all, these were professional fishermen. They knew what they were doing. Doubt would have said unto them, this doesn't make sense. This is ridiculous. He needs to stick to carpentry and leave the fishing to us. That's what doubt would have said. But faith said, 
I know it doesn't make sense in the natural, but I feel it in my bones. He's about to move. Hallelujah. Ah, I feel it in my bones. Faith said, just do it. Faith said, let down your net again. Try one more time. Believe one more time. Oh, that the Holy Ghost to stir some folks up in this place again today to know that God is still able to do the miraculous. He's still able to work the impossible in your life. Help me, Holy Ghost. This is where many are today. You've toiled all night. You're tired, you're weary, you're exhausted. You've come up empty-handed. You're in your most vulnerable place that you've ever been in your life. That's where you are right now. You've come up empty, no joy, no peace, no strength, no victory. Can I tell you what must happen today is you've got to stir up your faith. Would you look somebody look at somebody right now and tell them stir up your faith? Stir up your faith. Hear me now. Now the Bible says, and you know these verses, but listen, in Hebrews 11 and 1, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now that's King James Version. The New Living Translation says this, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. I remember, I remember years ago as a teenager hearing my youth, pastors tell a, youth pastor tell a story of a preacher that went to visit a family. And when he walked up to the, to the porch of the family, there was a young boy standing there. And the young boy was holding a string in his hand. And in that string, uh, that string just stretched way on up and the preacher stopped and he looked at the boy and he looked at the string and he couldn't see nothing. But he looked at the boy and looked at the string and, and he said, what do you have there, son? He said, I've got a kite. He said, well, I don't see nothing. How do you know it's still there? He said, because every now and again, I can feel it tugging and I know it, oh, I know it's still there. That's a faith on the inside of you that every now and again you can feel it tugging and the Lord saying to you he's still there he's still with you in the fire he's still with you in the lion's den it's a faith on the inside of you that's tugging at your heart and saying God is still with you hallelujah glory to God my 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 how do I stir up my faith preacher Well, the same one we find in this passage that responded nevertheless. This same one one wrote an epistle in 2 Peter chapter 3 verse 1 and this is what he said. This second epistle, beloved, this is Peter. He said, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Do you know what's wrong with a lot of children of God today? They've got spiritual dementia. They have forgotten how good God is. They have forgotten what he's brought you through. 
They have forgotten what he delivered you from. They have forgotten how he was with you. They have forgotten how he provided for you, how he healed you. Are you hearing me? And you find many of many of folks will wring their hands in fear and in worry. What are we going to do? We've got this bill. We've got to pay. Oh, what are we going to And they spiral into depression. Oh, but if they'll just learn to stir their faith up again, that says that what he's done before, he's going to do again. Hallelujah. That he's still on the throne and is still able. Peter knew that the way to be stirred into action was to remember what the Lord had already done. You see, Peter, we find as you look in the previous chapter, he, he had already had an experience that showed him who Jesus was. For in Luke chapter 4, Jesus had already been with Simon. As a matter of fact, he had already been in Simon's house. whole nother message in that, save for another time. But in verse 38 and 39, look with me. The Bible says that Jesus arose out of the synagogue and entered into Simon's house, and Simon's wife's mother was taken with a great fever, and they besought him for her. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her, and immediately she arose and ministered unto them. Peter had already had a miracle in his house. He had already had a miracle in his home. He had already seen this miracle of Jesus firsthand. So it wasn't hard for him to have a faith on the inside that if Jesus worked a miracle before, Jesus will do it again. Oh, if Jesus says, cast out in the deep and let down your net, we might have been toiling all night. But anyway, if the Lord said do it, that's exactly what we're going to do. See, God likes to work in ways that doesn't make sense to man. He likes to use the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He likes to do things that in the natural, there's no way it could be accomplished. But when the Lord shows up, things start happening. When the Lord shows up, things start shifting. When the Lord shows up, things start moving. See, what folks need today is they need a nevertheless in their life again. You You've been down and out long enough. You've been depressed over it long enough. I've come to stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. I've come to remind you who the who the God is you serve. We don't serve some propped up statue. We serve the one true living God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, the sweet rose of Sharon, the bright and morning star, the lily of the valley, mighty counselor, mighty God, Prince of Peace. Do you hear me today? That's who we serve. We serve the one true living God. Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise up in here today. Somebody ought to shout it. Somebody ought to declare it that we serve the living God. Buddha is dead. Muhammad is dead. But Jesus is alive. I said Jesus is alive. 
I feel it tugging. <laughs> Woo! I feel it tugging. I feel it tugging. Ah! You're about to break the altar, preacher. We'll build another one. I can't take jumping on the altars out of me. It's just there. Y'all know what I'm talking about, preachers? Remember, remember the God you serve. Whenever your mom's having a heart attack, you called on the Lord that saved you two years ago right here at this altar. <laughs> Woo! I'm not talking about a little dab of do ya. I'm talking about a young lady that got miraculously saved and born again by the blood of Jesus. Woo! And he healed stuff in her heart that had been hurting her for many, many years. Can I tell you, when you remembered the God you serve and when your hubby, when your hunk of bunk of burning love is all the way around the world deployed with the military, you're still remembering that the God that is with you here is the same God that is with him there. I just want somebody to be reminded that he's an awesome God. I said he's an awesome God. He's a mighty God. Didn't he save you? Didn't he deliver you? Didn't he bring you out? He is a mighty God. He's a mighty God. Just don't make sense, does it? Steve Webster sitting on the front row at Cross Point Church just don't make sense Kelly sitting on the front row at Cross Point Church but you just got to understand the God we serve he's the one that did that I said he is the one that did that Somebody shout, remember. Ooh, help me, Lord. Would you just say, nevertheless? Nevertheless. Because you had a time in your life that you toiled all night and you came up empty handed. Had a time in your life that you labored and you tried and you did the best you could. But you came to a transition point that you said, nevertheless, and the word of the Lord spoken into your life has brought you to where you are today. And the devil may have meant to destroy you and to tear you down. But I just want you to look at where you're at. I just want you to look at what God's doing. I just want you to look at how, how God is working. Hallelujah. Nevertheless. My, my. That was my introduction. I'm kidding. You see, yeah, just run them to me. I don't know why I took them off. I was fixing to throw them. That's why I handed them to you. Would you clean them? You're so wonderful. Thank you. Okay, there we go. You see, after... They let down their net. <laughs> Woo! Somebody say, let down your net. The Bible says they enclosed a great 
multitude. My brother-in-law can throw a cast net really well. But this was, you remember, y'all remember back when you could mullet fish with, with a, a net? Y'all, how many of you remember that? I don't think you can do that anymore, can you? But I remember as a teenager going down to the bay down there at Freeport. Brother Juno took us. And we got out there, and we, did, we didn't have a, a boat per se. We had like this dinghy. <laughs> I don't really know what other name to put on it, but it it, it floated, <laughs> and it had the net in it, and we took that net out, and, and he had some of us walk with the net, and we was pretty good piece out from the shore, but you could still stand up, and we walked with the net, and then the other, where the, the, the little dinghy was at, they began to go out the other way. And then there were some some that were on the shore and they started walking from the shore. And as they started walking from the shore, it pushed all those mullet, after we had circled all the way around, all those mullet into the net. Now I don't know if that was the right way to do it, but that's how we did it. And we get several things happened on that trip. We caught mullet, I about drowned, some of the boys about got arrested. I mean it was an experience that I'll never forget. A whole other story for a whole nother time but when they enclosed they circled it and they pulled that net together and when they did there were so many fish in the net that they could not pull it up by themselves so they had to holler at the other boat now I know it says ship here but it's not ship like you and I would think ship this was a vessel most likely a vessel with a sail. It was big enough to hold several people with a sail that would help carry them across across the Sea of Galilee, but also they would row at times that they needed needed to. But they called to their partners to, to Andrew, or I'm sorry, to James and to John and the sons of Zebedee, and said, "Come over here and help us." And they're in the boat with Peter. I'm sure it was his brother Andrew and others that were there. But they called those others and they said, "We." We've got so much and we can't pull it up by ourselves. We need you to help us. And so they started pulling the fish up and putting the fish in the boat. And they put it all in one boat and then they put it all in the other boat. And it was a super abundance. And it was so much that the Bible says that their nets broke. It was so much that the boats began to sink as it was overflowing with fish. The Lord was blessing them so good. The Lord was blessing them so good. I mean fish after fish was coming in their boats. Both ships began to sink and when when Simon Peter saw it the Bible says that he fell at the feet of Jesus and declared I am a sinful man O Lord. He said depart from me. I am a sinful man. Do you know what come out of Peter was humility. He humbled himself at the feet of Jesus and declared I am nothing I am a sinful man oh Lord depart from me can I tell you God wants to do a work in your life today that there's going to be no doubt in your mind that the Lord is the one that did it and it's going to create a humility in you that you're going to feel so unworthy of the blessing that God is bestowing upon you I just want to know today is there anybody here that'll say I'm ready for an overflow of a blessing. I'm ready for a super abundance of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost in my life. We can apply this to the natural 
But I believe in the spirit is where the Lord would have us to today. There's a lot of natural things we could say that boat represents. Represents your home. Represents your family. If you're an entrepreneur, represents your business. Represents your career. You need Jesus in the boat and you just need to obey his word and he will bless what you're doing. Do you hear me? But in verse 9 it shows us literally that they marveled and their minds were blown at the catch of fish. Lord, Lord's ready to blow some minds today. I got to thinking about that property over there, Brother Mo. I told you, I've been praying for $5 million. I know some say, preacher, you're crazy. Well, the only thing I figured is that, Lord, if, if I'm not praying for enough, then you just know what we need. Amen? Why are you praying for that, preacher? Because I'm going to tell you why. You have not because you ask not. And I'm not asking for, for the wrong reasons. I'm asking that we can see the kingdom of God go forward right here in this community as he desires to work through Cross Point Church. And I, don't, I believe it's not his will for one inch of that ground to not be developed. So all 10 acres or so of it, I'm believing that the Lord's going to enable us to do it. As we had some out there working on it over the last week, I begin to share the vision. I begin to say this is where we're believing building one is going to go. And in between this building, there, are, there, there this is building one, that's building two. You see those flags over there? That's the far corner of building two. That's the family life center. And in between that building and this main building that's 15,000 or so square feet, there's going to be a connect that I connect the two and that's where there will be some, some ministry offices a nice hallway that I connect over into that family life center where there's going to be a full gymnasium and a commercial kitchen hallelujah you're missing I know you, the gymnasium didn't excite you but the commercial kitchen ought to have you up shouting to the Lord Woo! there's going to be oh I'm just believing but I'm going to say it anyways I, I, let me back up over to the sanctuary because I've stood on that hill a number of times and said, Lord, this has got to be about where it's going to be. This has got to be about where the platform will be. And right here, I'm going to get to preach right here to folks that are out there. Right here. I ain't going to have to worry about cobwebs. Not going to have to fight the cockroaches. Not going to have bats swarming down in the middle of a service. No, no, no. And we're going to have some carpet laid out on the floor so we can lay before the Lord. I just stood up there and I could just see it happening. But back to my story, I begin to share it with them and they said what are you going to do with that side over there I said well over on that side it's a little lower but I can see a softball field over there and a playground for our youngins I just want to see it all developed can I take it a step further I said but I, I also believe the Lord's going to have us buy that property on the other side of this property and more land behind us over here because I believe there's ministries he's going to birth that's going to need some more land might just be a youth camp put out there on that property at some point. I don't know what you're believing but I believe God sent us here for a reason. He sent us here to reap a harvest. He sent us here to reach the, the weak and the weary. He sent us here to reach the hurting, the hungry and the horrified and I'm just believing by faith that he's got all we need. He is our supply. If I just had two or three folks that would believe with me. Now if Jesus Jesus tarries. We're going to have church in this gym. But I believe God's got a plan already. I just need somebody that will believe with me that God's going to make the way he's going to supply. 
he can move on the president of a television station in Orlando, Florida to give money to this ministry, had never been to this church, knows our family, didn't have a clue what was going on. Stopped by to see my mom. And it went from there. If he can move on somebody, that's not. there's no telling what he can do. I said there's no telling what he can do. But friend, we ain't going to spin our wheels while we're waiting. Because we, let, let me just say this. As much as I'm believing for that, the greatest thing I'm believing for is the move of God that he desires to bring. And if he, if he doesn't tarry and he comes back for the church and we never see a building on that property so be it I'm ready to go even so come Lord Jesus but while we're waiting in the waiting he gets the glory in the breaking he gets the glory cause in the healing he's gonna give the glory and in the breakthrough he's gonna give the glory so while we're here why don't we just have a good time on the journey why don't we just have some church together and see souls saved lives changed people filled with the Holy Ghost. Let's let God do what he wants to do right here. Come on, somebody magnify him today. Give me some musicians, if you will, please. Help me, Lord. We got to land this plane. The landing gear is down. Do you know what that means? Absolutely nothing, right? I know the hour's growing late. Hear me. See, Jesus showed them the purpose of the miracle when he said, Fear not, verse 10, from now on you will catch men. He showed them, Brother Jason, in the natural, what he was going to use them to do in the spiritual. They, they went through, possibly, moments of frustration, tired, exhausted, so the Lord could show them in the natural what he wanted to do with them in the spirit realm. Now, I know nobody in here ever gets frustrated. Nobody in here ever gets tired, right? We all do, don't we? And maybe you don't understand why you're having to do what you're having to do, but just trust the Lord. Because he showed them There's a purpose for this miracle. He said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. The Bible says in verse number 11 that when they returned to land, they forsook all and followed him. See, the Lord will work miracles in our lives if we have faith to believe. Hear me now. Stay with me. Hebrews 11 and 6. But without faith it is what? 
impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. If you come to God, you must believe that he exists and that he is a rewarder of those that seek him. In Matthew chapter 17, then came the disciples, verse 19, to Jesus apart and, and said, why, why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Shelby, do you have that necklace on today? You don't. That little mama wore a mustard seed in her in a necklace around her neck. I believe that's right. For weeks and weeks and weeks, when the doctors were saying your baby is going to be born with hydrocephalus. Couldn't read this without thinking about y'all. We're meeting with them Tuesday night, getting things ready for a... I don't even know what to call it. I don't want to call it a documentary, a testamentary. <laughs> We're going to put it out there for everyone to hear and know. That little mama wore that, wore that mustard seed of faith all the way up to delivery. The NICU team was in there. Doctors were preparing her for the worst. But inside of her heart was that little mustard seed of faith. She spoke up. She had prayed with family and her pastors she was scared. Zach was scared. But they held on to that little itty bit of faith that they had. And she got the courage to open her mouth, laid on a table, prepared for a C-section. She had the courage to open her mouth and let out that little mustard seed of faith when she said, in the way only she could with that southern drawl, Y'all are about to see a miracle, y'all. <laughs> I'm talking doctors and nurses and NICU, man, they're there. They're like, whoa, you know, and not that any of them ever would want any of these situations in anybody's lives, but this is what they're trained for. This is what they do, and I know they were standing on the sideline thinking, I just want to get my hands on this baby. I want to be able to take care of this baby. I want to be able to nurture this baby. I want to evaluate this baby. I'm sure that was where they were at on the sidelines. But y'all are about to see a miracle. <laughs> y'all are about to see a miracle baby. Whew, faith. 
Maybe somewhere in the back of her mind and her heart, she was scared. Somewhere in the back of her mind and heart, she was afraid. But her mouth didn't let that out. Her mouth said, you're about to see a miracle. Daddy's standing behind. Zach hadn't given his heart to the Lord yet. He was trying his best to believe. His words was, you know, the first time that I've ever prayed, the only time I've ever prayed was for my baby. Why hasn't God healed my baby? All of a sudden, a scalpel is applied and cuts. I don't know how long the incision is. That may be too long. I was going on down. That ain't right, is it? The only way the doctors can, they reach in. They pull that baby out. They hold that baby up. They see that this isn't a baby with hydrocephalus. This baby looked great. NICU team standing by. Nobody rushes up to grab the baby. Nobody takes the baby and rushes out of the room with the baby. No, the doctors take the baby and do what normally they would do and show the baby to mama and say, I believe the baby looks good. The baby looks well. I don't think the baby's got hydrocephalus. And it was all because there's a little mama that let down her net and say, I know it may not make sense to nobody else. I know nobody else is going to believe it with us, but we're believing. And nevertheless, we're letting our net down in faith that God is able and look at them now. I said, look at them now. Mama, grain of mustard seed, a mustard seed faith. Doctor's still doing tests. One has said, yeah, she's still got a little bit of enlargement of the ventricle, but we believe that's just going to work itself out. That's just going to be fine. How old is she? Two months old. Does she have a shunt? She doesn't have a shunt? So... You're telling me two months later after supposedly, you know, she was going to have hydrocephalus, but she was born completely healthy. And here she is, no shunt, and they're saying she looks to be normal. Now, we see this over here. See, but she went back to her doctor that first told her. And her doctor said, this, this, is, this is a miracle. And we're going to get that doctor on record. We're going to take our cameras. We're going to roll up in somewhere. And we're going to sit down with this doctor. And we're going to ask this doctor to tell us. Tell us because you're the one that saw it. You're the one that diagnosed. You're the one with that, that was there. And now you're saying this is a miracle. This is a miracle. Can we declare today that we still serve a God of miracles? I said, oh, we still serve of God, let it be shouted out today. He is still a God of miracles. You see, stay standing with me. The Lord will work miracles in your life, in our lives, because He loves us. But that's not why He does them entirely. 
He does them for us to do what Simon, Peter, and Andrew, and James, and John did. Forsake all else and follow him. He does it so when we are, are converted unto the Lord, we're able to do what Peter did and strengthen our brethren. That we can go to somebody else that is lost and undone and on their way to hell and we can say, look what the Lord has done in me and what he's done in me, he'll do in you. You see, I believe the Lord is desiring to do something great in your life today. But you've got to let down your net you got to let down your net. What does that even mean, preacher? That means that you've got to stir up some faith on the inside of you. Some of you are in the heat of the battle, in the thick of the struggle, and the enemy's trying to destroy you in it. But if you'll just trust the Lord and let down your net, it may not make sense in the natural, but say, nevertheless, at your word, Lord, I'm going to let down my net. I lost my joy. I've tried to get it back. I've toiled all night and come up empty-handed, but my faith isn't in what I can do. My faith is in you, Lord. You'll find out that the joy of the Lord will be your strength. I'm in a storm that's raging. I tried to make it through it, but I'm depressed and I'm oppressed and I feel like I'm going to die in the middle of it. But I'm going to put my faith in the Lord today. I'm going to let down my net as it told me to. And you'll find that he'll give you peace that passes all understanding. Weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. He wants to work in you today. Remember what all the Lord has done. Remember where the Lord has brought you from. He's not brought you this far to let you down now. I know you've told all night. I know you're exhausted. I know you feel like you have nothing to show for all the labor except for heartache and pain. You have nothing to show but disappointment. But nevertheless, at the word of the Lord today, let down your net in faith because he wants to send you an overflow. He wants to send you a superabundance. He wants to send a blessing your way that you cannot contain. How do we apply this? Peter is human just like you are, just like I am. But Peter had seen the Lord work. And all he knew, I'm going to trust what Jesus is saying. I'm going to stand on his word. And today, there's those of you in this place, you're tired. You're weary. You're dealing with disappointments. You're struggling to make it. You've been all night toiling. You've brought your boat back to the shore because you're ready to give up. You're washing your nets thinking maybe, maybe, maybe I'll try again another day. You're ready to throw in the towel. You're ready to give up. But I want to tell you something. The Lord sees you just like he saw those fishermen. And he climbed up in that boat. And after he taught, he said, 
launch out into the deep and let down your net. See, deep calls unto deep. The depth of the Holy Spirit is calling out to the depths of your heart this morning. And he's saying, believe again. You've been hurt. You've been wounded. You're tired. You're weary. And he's saying, believe again. Trust again. Try again. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. But believe again. Maybe you feel like that one disciple that said, Lord, I believe. But help my unbelief. Mighty God. Mighty God. Except you become as a little child, you won't see the kingdom of heaven. That baby just let out a cry because that baby needed something. Maybe it was the touch of mama. But today, if you're not willing to cry out unto the Lord, friend, you're going to leave just like you came. But letting down your net is stirring up a faith on the inside that you say, Lord, I've got to have you. I need you to give me instructions. I need you to show me the way. I need you to do something here and now. I need you to help me draw up that that I'm in need of, Lord. I need joy. I need strength. I need victory. I need power. I need you. Mighty God. Father. Lord, I I know you're drawing. I can see it. I can feel it. But I also know, Lord, there's an enemy at work. Fighting, hindering. I know you desire to do mighty works today. So, Holy Ghost, I ask you. I ask you, Lord, to grip hearts in this moment. Grip hearts in this moment and stir up faith in somebody today that says, I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe that this giant I'm staring down is going down in the name of Jesus. I'm going to believe this fiery furnace that I'm in, I'm not going to die in it. There will be a fourth man walking with me in the name of Jesus. Lord, stir up a faith today that those that are in the lion's den will put their faith in you. That they won't be devoured. Stir a faith. Stir a faith. Stir a faith. On the shores of your life, if you're empty-handed this morning, He's saying, launch out into the deep and let down your net. If that's you today and you need something from him, you need him today, whatever it may be, step out from where you are and walk down to these altars. 
If you don't want to come by yourself, grab somebody's hand and say, go with me. But I believe he wants to let there be an overflow in some hearts today. Listen, he's not brought you this far to leave you now. Stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. I want to ask you if you would, all over this place this morning, would you begin to step out and make your way down to this altar area? Push all the way up to the front if you need to, these bleachers. Push all the way up to this platform. Push all the way up to these altars. But from side to side, all through here today, there's got to be some folks that say, Lord, I need you today. I need you today. Lord, I'm stirring up faith on the inside to believe. Who will come this morning and fully surrender it all to the Lord? In the natural, it looks bad, but nevertheless, Lord, at your word, I will let down my net. I